All right, people. All right, beautiful people. My name is Jason. I'm your host from the Brand Identity Design Business Podcast. I have some interesting news which I want to give you. Uh, the six-part mini-series is a huge success. A lot of downloads. A lot of people who are actually listening to it. And we are going to be continuing this for another two episodes, including today's. Today's would be part four. And this is this six-part mini-series called as the Branding Fuckery. I am not from Germany. I am from India. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of people misunderstand my accent thinking I'm German. I'm not. The aim of this series is to actually deep dive into the world of branding, challenging conventional notions, and uncovering the secret to creation of an authentic, impactful personal brand. I do this uh, with my awesome guest, Phyllis William Strader and her book uh, named Branding, Boundaries and Bullshit. So we covered uh, a lot of core principles of personal branding at the initial chapters. Now, this week, we're getting into chapter two. Uh, the chapter two speaks about boundaries. We'll delve into the concept of brand ego, the vital importance of establishing clear boundaries in personal branding. We closely examine how communication goes both ways, the significance of an audience of, of, a, of the personal brand, strategies for marketing maximum attraction, and the reason why positioning has you sitting and pretty. There are a lot of uh, maybe jargons here or internal terms which Phyllis specifically use. We would get into the details and dissect all of this, all of these things one at a time. I want to make a few announcements. First of all, Season 5 waitlist is actually on. I already have my bookings filled till April of next year. If you are interested in being a guest, uh, please reach out to me. Uh, you are welcome to join the waitlist. I'll help you with the process on how to become a guest on my show. And not only that, thanks to LinkedIn once again for accepting my request to have the podcasting category uh, as a part of LinkedIn. It was initially not available. I also see a lot of people becoming the top podcasting voices as well, recently being uh, confirmed by LinkedIn. So I think I would be getting that badge very soon. Okay, so thank you, LinkedIn, for that. The third thing which I want to say is that I will encourage all my listeners to leave a review if you like my show and what we are doing with my podcast, not on any of your favorite apps. Instead, do it actually on LinkedIn. That's going to help me get more interesting guests, uh, create something a lot more tangible, stuff like that. You will understand why once you start once you get into podcasting, you will, get, you will understand the difference why. So let's actually deep dive into this topic. So last week we had a interesting questions we had about uh, boundaries, brand ego. Today I'm going to be dissecting boundaries a little lot more further, Phyllis. First of all, Phyllis, welcome to the Brand Identity Design Podcast. Let's have some applause. Let's have some gangster beat just to welcome <laughs> Phyllis to the show. <laughs> Phyllis, yo, Phyllis, <laughs> welcome, welcome. <laughs> All right, all right. So, Phyllis, so, right, as you know, Phyllis is a brand strategist, my good friend, and she has a lot, a lot of knowledge about branding. Uh, her ways are unconventional, not something, you know, which people traditionally would follow. It's not about putting pretty pictures of yours on social media. Uh, you know, it's about real stuff. So, let's let's dissect and deep dive uh, into this right away. All right, so my question to you, Phyllis, is that, you know, about, it's about boundaries. So, as discussed in your book, okay, uh, I want to understand... The role of personal branding and, and the significance of maintaining clear boundaries in your personal and professional life. And you describe this a lot in your book. 
would you mind helping my listeners understand why there has to be a distinction or clear boundaries between one another why is that necessary you know what it it's actually for you the person more than it is for your your business or the people in your audience because a lot of times when we're talking about boundaries we cross them without even knowing it we put so much of ourselves into building our business we say we are the business and we don't draw that boundary it becomes harder and harder to turn off certain things about your business and your brand that keep you caught up in the day to day the shit that keeps you up at night worrying about am i going to get a new client where are my leads coming from how am i going to increase revenue and so if you don't create those boundaries of you know what this is where this shit stops this is going no further than than this particular place then you it, it's it's a level of crazy that you do not want to inflict on yourself now not everybody has a job to support their business but if you have the wherewithal and you have the finances to support your business and the runway for your business then take advantage of that to the best of your ability one of the things um i'm i'm in california right now and i'm taking care of my aunt and she's had two different nurses here uh since i've been here one is um one was here yesterday and i'm not going to mention her name but she started talking about she's an older woman and she's been doing um home health care for a while and so forth and my, the way my mind works and I'm like okay chick you need to start training and consulting because your body is telling you you need to go sit your ass down somewhere so how can we turn this into a business and all of it I'm I'm telling you my mind start going there and it's like you know what we can turn this into something within a year and go make your money now my new sweetheart that was here today she's talking about moving to Texas and she wants to be a notary okay let's start branding for the notary why are you waiting to do this thing and the thing about it and i'm saying this because part of the boundaries of that it's like you know what if you understand where you want to go within the business that you're building then it's easier to create those boundaries now and that because people want to get all up in your business and i'm talking about your personal business they care more about finding out what you're doing behind closed doors than what you're doing in your business and if you don't set the boundaries for that and make it clear like you know what i will share my family with you to this degree because i only want you to know this much about my my partner then make sure that you set that boundary and you make it clear y'all let me tell you something what my husband did today y'all let me tell you how my kid is getting on my nerves why is that even relevant to your business but if there's some relevance there it's like you know what helping my husband with his branding of being the hospitable box is a challenge if he was my client i would have to fire him really even if he paid me because and so there that's a relevant conversation about my husband as the hospitable box but not as neil the dude that been rocking with me for the last 20 years if you don't understand the boundaries that you want for your business if you don't if you don't know what line you will not cross you will cross it unintentionally and once you do that you can't take it back because you've exposed the level of yourself that you weren't prepared to answer questions about because like i said you can be as professional as you want to be but as soon as you crack the door open for something that that is intimate intimately personal people are like well let's talk about that why that has nothing to do with well you kind of said and now you've opened the you've opened the door So understanding that my personal brand is not my personal life 
that there are boundaries to this thing? No, we will not be talking about this. Then you're going to have to get the black about, you know what? She's trying to hide things. She's not sure. How is it your fucking business? What is personal to me? If you don't make that clear, and I don't care if you give your personal brand a name or not. I've named mine. Y'all know it's the ghetto country grandmother. Even if you don't give it a name, the things that you have to make clear, just like y'all know, I don't talk about my family, but this is relevant to my business. Make it clear that I'm not going to talk about my family unless it's relevant. I'm not going to talk about my past unless it's relevant. I'm not going to talk about the hardship I had today unless it's relevant. One of the posts that I did today was about, you know what? Shit got real when I had my restaurant to the point of uh, real foreclosure staring me down the barrel of a, a notice. But we survived that. And it had to come from a different place. That was something that I was willing to share because it was relevant to what I was posting. The boundaries that you want for yourself, and this is where it comes from, it has to be for you first. The whole thing behind my book is put you first. Once you've finished putting yourself first, as far as your personal brand is concerned, now you can put the audience first. But if you haven't fixed your own shit in your own house first, then those people will run you crazy. And you will be running to them for everything. Tell me what you want. Tell me what you need. Sweetie, you're the expert. You're the person with the education. You're the person with the experience. You give them what you have. If you gain something new that you want to share, then again, you're able to increase your boundary. But the thing about keeping your personal life personal, you are owed that. You, you're entitled to that. If you don't let people know that, then you know what? You're liable to get questions about any and everything. And if you do not want to answer those questions, then don't open that door. It goes back to, you know what? Don't start none, won't be none. But sometimes we start talking about shit. I actually did this at a keynote. I started opening my stuff about my mouth about some petty shit. And I had to say, oh, y'all, I was about to get petty. That is not a part of my personal brand. Let me rein it in. I actually said that on stage during a keynote because I did not want it to be part of my personal brand. So you get to correct yourself. You get to roll things back unless you just totally open the door. Understand the boundaries. Phyllis is the petty bitch. Ghetto country grandmother is the empathic bitch. I have to know the difference first before I can make sure that it's clear to everyone else the difference. Does that does that answer the question, Jason? Absolutely. Damn! <laughs> <laughs> Y'all gonna hear that played a lot today. <laughs> All right, you know anybody in the audience who are listening to us live, guess. This specific sound effect, which I played, if you can tell me the name of the movie, that would be incredible. I'll have you as a guest on my show immediately without doing any filtering. All right. I'm going to play the effect once again. Okay. Tell me just the name of this movie. Uh, it has yeah, ice cream in the in comments. It. Yeah. Just put it on the comments. That would be awesome. Okay. I'm going to play it once again. All right, uh, moving on, moving on. I, I totally agree with a lot of things which you said. Personal brand is not your personal life. You need to have that clear distinction. You need to know. Stop Leah lying. said, I got it, I got it. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Let me let me ask you my next question about uh, when okay. I was actually reading your book about, you, know, you, you highlighted a lot of things about the idea of brand image and brand identity. 
So, mm-hmm. could you help us understand how these concepts differ from one another and uh, how they can actually influence the success of your brand which you're trying to create? No problem. What I learned when I first started studying brand strategy is that you know there's a side of you the brand identity is what you kind of uh, what you think of yourself when it's based on logos voice and all that kind of stuff brand image is how you proceed that shit did not sit well with me and i saw it everywhere y'all them little gant charts or whatever it is everybody had that same fucking Im- image a brand identity where brand identity and brand image cross i've separated those two and i put in brand ego but brand identity how we all identify is a thing. We see people doing it with every aspect of their life. So when we talk about it from a personal brand perspective, this goes back to code stage. How we develop that code of this is how I identify, that's where the personal brand sits, but it has to make sure that it's aligned with the business brand. A lot of people don't have alignment between their business and their personal brand. They just figure I can open my mouth and say whatever I want to, and it doesn't matter if it makes sense and it's it's aligned with the business. But if you identify in such a way within your business and within your brand, then that identity stays true to that thing. You don't have to bring every nook and cranny of your crazy out here for everybody to see. I'm fine with my crazy being on the front porch with a drink. That's that's fine, personal or business-wise. But the, the separation, this one got her own porch and this one got her own porch. Now, if you come sit on this porch, oh, we might do a little gossiping. We're going to be petty as hell. There's going to be some sarcasm. I might even hurt your feelings a little bit and have to apologize. But that's on that porch over there because I identify as a friend on this porch. But on this side, I identify as the grandmother. And certain things that I've said about the grandmother, I stay true to. When it comes to brand image, how I perceive image, because image in itself, the definition of it, sweetie, there's an image there. Whether you're looking in a mirror, where you're taking a picture, that is an image. That is a reflection of something. It has nothing to do with how you're perceived. When you walk out the house and you know you the best thing walking, sweetie, how people perceive you, whether they perceive you as stuck up, as gorgeous, as, as oh, your skirt is too short, you got too much cleavage, your pants too tight, their perception has nothing to do with the image that you stepped out into. Because the thing that you get to control with the image, because this is how you play the game. This is your personality, your language, your archetype, and and the story that you tell. That is what brand image is, or that's how I formulated in my framework. And so that image that I project when I come out has nothing to do. I don't give a fuck what you perceive. This is the image that I'm projecting. This is the image that I'm putting out into the world. Now, if you get it wrong, then baby, come ask me. Let me correct you. And I might do that nicely or not so nicely. Depends on what side of the brand we woke up on today. But it's still the image that I project. If you have a certain way that you come out and you're doing a keynote, the image that you project is the one that you want to make sure everyone sees. If they don't see it, then something is getting lost in translation. Something's getting lost in how you dress it up, how you come across with the messaging, the language that you use, the stories that you tell, the personality that you put out here. Something's getting lost in translation. And so that image that you're trying to project, you thought you would put all the bling in the world on it. And that's going to say, you know what? I'm I'm rich. I'm this. I'm, I'm the shit. 
that is not the image that you projected. So they're not getting it. Because like I said, it, we can take it all the way back to communication. And that's why all of this is tied together and why all of it goes together. So the brand identity and the brand image, there has to be something in between, which is the brand ego. So if you understand that you're projecting something like Jay, Jay usually, Jay down there, I think that's my sweetheart, Jay, that usually he's part of the Fab Five. Give me a thumbs up if I'm right, Jay. He might not be close to his stuff. But if that's that Jay, <clears throat> when he's doing his stuff with, with someone else, then he has his Fab Five. That's the image he wants to project, that he's part of that family of Fab Five. And so when you're doing that, when we first got out here and we started doing everything, I'm going to say me, Kezia, and, and me, Kezia, and Andres. There was an image that we projected when we had our badges because we wanted everybody to know that we were part of the pro group. They, we wanted them to know that we were part of the future. So we wore that badge. That was the image that we wanted to project. We're part of this great group of people that have this badge and you don't have it. So you're kind of missing out. That's the image that we want to project. That's the narrative. Thank you, sweetheart. I see you, Jay. That's the, that's the image we wanted to project. It didn't matter what your perception was. But we had a perception about people that we knew weren't part of the group that stole the badge and put it on their photo. We knew who those people were because we, yeah, we knew who they were. They're trying to project the image that they're part of the in crowd. We don't know you like that, baby. You're not part of this. But they wanted to project an image of being part of this. They want to be connected to Chris because everybody like, oh, Chris, Chris. I always say that to him. He has his fan club. And so his fan club wants to be uh, connected. But when you talk, like I say, because we're talking about personal brands and the brand image of a personal brand, what you project into the world is how you want to be seen. I can make an assumption based on all of the photos that I'm looking at right now on your, on your profile. Is that the image that you want to put out there? What I perceive it as, I, it doesn't matter. But if it's not the perception that you want, then where's the disconnect? Where are we losing you? Because I said I identified this, but I'm projecting that. Something's lost in translation. Making sure that you know which side is which, that your identity is projected in the image that you put out into the world, it needs to be alignment. And it still needs to be in alignment with the business brand. Because if you wilding out over here, but your business brand is conservative as hell, again, something's lost in translation. And because we know that branding is about consistency and showing up and, and always staying on point so that people are comfortable, like they know what to expect with us, expect from us, they accept and respect our reputation, then there has to be alignment all up and through. Not just from the personal brand to the business brand, but also between the image that you project. If I had a different image on my website than I do when I'm out here smoking my cigars and doing my things with my, my fedora on my head, there would be misalignment. So the image is all up to what you project out into the world and making sure that the narrative goes with what you're trying to put out. If you dorky as hell and you own that dorkiness, bring it to the story. This is how you play the game. Use the language of some dorky ass make up your own language kind of shit and own it. It is not about perception because somebody's going to say, what the fuck? Let them say what the fuck because that is not your audience anyway. 
It does not matter what their perception is because my foes get it. They know where I'm coming from. They know what this image is about. So I'm going to cut that off because that turned into a long ass sermon. (laughs) (laughs) I really really dig that. I appreciate you sharing all of that. And and guys, and and, you know, I I see, uh, I, I think Cass did reply to my question, which we had asked about that sound effect. You know, Cass, I think Olivia Cass, did too. Olivia it's, did um, too? What did Olivia no, say? No, uh, not Olivia. Ali, I'm Aaliyah. pronouncing it Aaliyah. I'm hoping I'm probably... Pri- because she's the one that put her hand up real quick. Ah. We will have she, Q&A. I think she did. We'll have Q&A shortly. But, you know, so I'm going to go, go with, with the first entry. So I think Cass uh, replied back saying, it's from the movie Rush Hour. No. Nope. It's not. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> nope. No. Okay, so what was your response which you got, Phyllis? Oh, I don't know. Leah put her hand up. I don't know if she put it in the comments. You got to go put it in the yeah, comments. Yeah, just send me Aaliyah. a DM, Aaliyah. Yeah, hurry up, hurry up. Okay, okay, let's bring her up. No, let's so, hear from oh, her. she put we're her gonna, hand up. Yeah, we're going to make an exception. Let's bring her up. We will publicly Yeah, we're going to put her up and then put her back down. <laughs> <laughs> Aaliyah, what's the answer, okay? Okay, okay, so people who just joined, I see Rose who just joined. Okay, just for you. I'm going to play the sound effect again and just tell me which movie this this specific line is from. Okay? And it's a famous movie. And it's an old movie. Okay? Damn! All right. So, people who know the answer, just DM me. Okay. So, Leah, go ahead. Which which movie is this? Friday. All right. We'll, we'll park that. We'll park that. Let's but, see what's wrong. We'll park but that. But it don't have a comment section for me to comment in. So, I don't have to raise my hand. <laughs> and that's what I said, Ali. I saw you first, baby. Trust and believe. I saw you first. All right. What about Rose? Okay, Rose. What, how about you? Which movie? This is definitely. Can you hear me? Yeah. This is definitely from Rush Hour. All right. It all is right. So nice. Boo, boo. That's <laughs> boo. That's not the case. That's not from the movie Rush Hour. Cass what? And Rose? No. You guys suck. Are you serious? Yeah. Yes. And that Aliyah, okay, Friday. so Aliyah actually, you know, said it right. It's from the movie Friday uh, mm-hmm. and Ice Cube. And who was the name of the other actor? Chris Tucker, right? Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker they were both Before sitting. he yeah. was replaced. <laughs> yes, yes. Sitting on the porch, smoking a joint. Somebody got, was, um, I can remember if it was a big booty girl or if somebody got stopped and got knocked the fuck out. I couldn't remember. <laughs> But to be fair, uh, Chris Tucker does the damn thing in Rush Hour as well. So if you look at the Rush Hour series, he does a couple of damn in those ones as well. That's true. Okay, so tell us what is that in relation to the image that he's putting out for his brand? Which one is that? Because he does do it quite often throughout different acting parts so what is that more related to let's dissect the movie let's dissect the movie friday and let's i was trying to bring it on into the, what we was already talking about because some people can explain it clearly and they won't get it and so i was trying to see how this movie how this how this comment relates to brand identity was it part of his identity that he's projecting or is it just for business purposes you're right. It does seem like consistent with what he does at different movies. I'm waiting for the expert to answer. Apparently, she's on. I don't know if she lost. Phyllis, did you lose the connection like mine? 
I think so. Tell me I didn't. Yeah, no. Did you hear the question? Did you hear the question? Okay, you did. Okay, go ahead. Can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. No, I was just saying that with that particular thing, that's a personal style. It's just like um, one of the things I've been saying for years is 10 toes down. And I actually picked that up from Ebony Green. Um, but some people have a personal style. And if your personal style becomes part of your brand identity and your brand image, then you, that's what you keep it to. But in, because he does it outside of movies and different things like that, it's a personal style for him. And so if that hopefully that makes sense. There are certain parts of your vernacular that you bring within your brand, your personal brand, and that's okay. But if you're going to bring it, it now becomes a thing for your personal brand. And that's how people will learn to identify you. It becomes part of the language. If you don't know what your language is, and like I say, we, we're going to get into that, I think, a little later. But if, if you know what your language is and you know these are common things that you say, and these are things that I always talk about. It's like, if you say this a lot, then bring it to the brand. Make it part of the brand. And then it becomes relatable because you're going to say it in and out of whatever this is. You can't not say it because it's just part of your personality. So owning that part or that phrase, sweetie, it's a whole last thing. I say that in and out of, of my brand identity. I always say it's a whole last thing, whether I'm talking about through my brand or whether I'm just talking to somebody on the streets. So, but people recognize it when I say it within this context. I always talk about people's gift, talents, and abilities when I'm talking business and, and, and branding. I don't talk about that in my personal life. But a gift, talent, and ability, it's like, sweetie, how are we going to monetize this shit? So there are certain, there are certain things that, that are part of your language that become part of your personal brand. And if you understand what those things are, now you're able to say, you know what, this is the language we speak in this house. And your, your clients or your audience, they will start to repeat this. And once they start, it becomes part of the lexicon. And you get to own it. And I don't care who else in the world is saying it. Anybody that's true to you, because they hear from you all the time, they're going to say, oh, she stole that from my girl. She heard her say that once. So now everybody identifies you with it. It's just like, you know what? Kleenex is a thing. Kleenex is a brand. And I don't care what kind of cheap-ass tissue you buy. I, everybody will call it a Kleenex because Kleenex was first on the scene to make tissue a thing. And so it does not matter who else came on the scene after. I don't care what you make. It is a fucking Kleenex. So you get to be that, that, that first person that everybody brings to mind when you say that thing. So the fact that y'all saw two different movies with him saying, damn, everybody now relates that to Chris Tucker because even though it's a part of his personality, he bought part of his personality to the movies that he created. So it's part of his language. Does that help? Is that, is that okay definition, Aaliyah? Yes, ma'am. There you go. Damn! Damn! <laughs> now I'm going to have to find my little catchphrase. I swear. Now find I'm, your catchphrase. I'm going to have to find me a catchphrase. <laughs> and the, and that that is the thing if there's something like i say your friends will tell you, you say that shit all the time if it's something that you say all the time and you can find a way to align it with your brand then you will become known for that thing because one of the things i even heard chris said as he started saying when i tell people trust and believe chris now says trust and believe sounds a little different coming from him but he now says it 
because he's heard me say it before when we've had conversations. And so there are certain things that people will just catch on to that are, stop laughing, <laughs> that people will catch on to that you constantly say. Like I said, I didn't start saying 10 toes down till I heard Ebony say 10 toes down and I've been hanging on it ever since. There's some, like even Cass has, has her thing that she says. I don't even know. Cass, do you have one? Give me a thumbs up if you got something. Cause I don't, Cass is, Cass is one of my con brand babies. She does not cuss unless she is really pissed off. And I call it a British thing, but it just might be a cast thing. But there are certain things that you're going to find that you say on a consistent basis. And because it's so easy, when I talk about dedication, when we go back to the brand identity and I talk about dedication, there are certain phrases that you're dedicated to because they just fall out of your mouth. So why not make them part of the personal brand? There are certain things that you do when, when we get to snapping that finger. If that's a thing that you do, then make it part of, because it's as easy as breathing. And that's what dedication is. And I know we're getting off topic, but it's, it's, it goes back to the, to the brand image and the brand identity. Your brand identity is over here doing this thing, but the image you project with the language that you use, it is something that is unique to you. And this is why I talk about putting you first. Whatever that thing is that falls out of your mouth, whatever that thing is that make you feel like you the best shit walking. Whether it's a hat, it could be a bra, it could be a pair of shoes, it could be a eyeglasses. I wear glasses because instead of wearing eye makeup because it's my thing. Okay, so that's like Beyonce saying she in her day era and everybody's just been copying it ever since. There you turning, go. Turning lemons into lemonade. Okay. And it's 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 and it's her whole thing with Sasha Pierce. We all know that's where, where Sasha Pierce came from. And one of the things, um, one of the things, Jason, that you had asked me about before, and I thought about that I always forget about Mr. Beast. Mr. Beast is a personal brand. I don't even know dude's real name. But Mr. Beast has created this image that he puts out into the world that everybody can identify. Well, not everybody. So I'm, I'm exaggerating when I use everybody, but that a lot of people can identify with. They like what he's about, but we don't know what dude is like at home. Because when we see him, most of his shit is about his business. And he's about his money, even though he's not a, a money-hungry type dude. So the, the brand identity that he's adopted for Mr. Beast, trust and believe, there's a lot of personal shit in there. But you cannot call him by his name and expect it to be a Mr. Beast kind of vibe. His mama will call his name. She ain't going to call him Mr. Beast. And I promise you, the way he addresses his mother is not the way he addresses his audience when his girlfriend calls his name when she whisper his name she is not saying mr beast well she might i don't know what they're doing but <laughs> but when she says it depending on how she says it it's a whole different vibe so when you bring a certain identity and image to a personal brand sweethearts you gotta understand this is as easy as breathing to me being philanthropic is very easy for him. So the more money he makes, the more money he gives away, the more he donates, the more he does. Because he's dedicated to a certain level of giving. It's in him. So when you identify these things within your personal brand, these goes, now we're getting to the boundaries of it all. You know what? I only do this shit sometimes, so I'm not bringing it to my personal brand. No, they don't need to see that side because I'm not going to be consistent with it. I'm not dedicated to this. I'm not tied to it. 
But the boundaries are, you know what? Because I said I was dedicated to this shit, then let's make this boundary right here. I'm not going to bring this into my personal brand world. This is not how I'm going to identify. This is not the image I'm going to project. So the boundaries that I set are based on this language. It's based on this personality. It's based on the stories. The boundaries are there for a reason. So when I communicate to an audience on the marketing that I want to do, because I want to position myself a certain way, that's how you set up camp. And there are boundaries around your camp. Now, the thing about personal brands is that they get to expand. They get to grow because you are maturing as a person within your business. And as you mature, you get to have wider boundaries because you might have a bigger network. You might have a bigger influence. So, of course, your territory is going to increase. So your boundaries are, you know what? I get to spread out. I get to do some more shit. I get to bring some more of these things. But there are certain boundaries that you just cannot cross. This 10 over here, this camp right here, don't fuck with it. That is not for you. This is for my brand babies on this side. Now, this camp, that's all you, sweetheart. You can go play in this playground, and I'm we're going to have all the fun. And that's the thing. So when you set up that camp of, like I said, how you're going to communicate, how, what audience you're talking to. Because if you don't know how to segment your audience, then you're trying to talk to all of them at the same time. And if you don't understand market segmentation, it's a thing. So if you're going to segment your market and saying, you know what, I play with you like this, but I'm going to play with you like that. Then when you're talking, when you're creating content, when you're putting something out here, then you're saying, you know what, I'm talking to my cook baby today. And I can talk to y'all because you know what, I had a restaurant. I know front of house, back of house, and all this other crazy shit that we got to go through to run a restaurant. So let me talk to my, 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 my foodie babies today. And so that is a segment that I can speak to. When I talk to my creatives, oh, I write. I am not a creative artistically. My words are my art. So let's talk about some creative shit today and how we're going to build this brand around this thing. I could talk about that because I'm a part of that. I can talk about being a coaching consultant because that is also some, so I can break it, my, my, my audience into those three segments. And I can say, you know what, this is how we're going to play this game today. My personality, the way I play the game, the personality, the language, all of them get the same thing where that's concerned. But because I have an audience up in, in how I set up camp, oh, let me break off my audience because I'm not talking to y'all about this today. I still love y'all, but I need to handle my business a little different over here. So you're setting up these boundaries of segmentation. You're setting up these boundaries of, you know what? I want a wider audience. I want a bigger network. But I'm dedicated to this thing all up and through. And so when we talk about personal brand, it is not a fucking story all the time. And I get it where people want to, to reduce personal branding to having a founder story. But if you're trying to be attractive, and I'm not talking about physical beauty, but if you're trying to attract an audience, then what is your personal brand projecting? What is the image that you're projecting? What is the brand ego? Because like I say, brand ego and how you set up camp, that's a thing. Because you know what? You can thump your chest and say it with your whole chest. This is what I'm about. This is how I set up my camp. This is how I'm going to communicate. This is where I'm most comfortable to give you all the value that I have. This is where I'm most comfortable. This is the audience that I'm most comfortable with. And because I'm most comfortable with them, I'm going to give them every fucking thing I got. 
I am going to show up. I am going to market to them because I got mad respect for them because they get me because I dropped down and I played the game on my terms. This is the language. This is the personality. But I set up boundaries. Okay, Jason, I know we done got all off topic. You can rein it back in. You know you can stop me at any time. <laughs> yeah, I want to, but you know, it's so damn good. So I'm like, you know, let her go on. So this is super cool. And I appreciate everybody who is listening to us. Uh, what I have realized, you know, after doing uh, this podcasting thing for quite some time, I, I don't really run after people, but I'm I'm really interested in a selective group of individuals I want to build good connection and relationship with. So all those individuals down in the audience who know me personally, Kezia, Andreas, Jay, Cass, Sharon, uh, Matt, Brian, I've seen you guys before and I remember you folks, you know, uh, being a part of my show and regularly you know you know take you know participating in it sharing rose you uh, and aliyah and everyone else you know who tune in regularly you know so this is like my small thing which i'm trying to build and and i really value guys and i really respect uh, how you guys support me i don't need a million followers i just need a few individuals who admire who respect and who can learn from me and that would make night and day difference in terms of what I want to achieve here. So thank you so much, guys, you know, for your love and support. And along with this, you know, Phyllis, I want to actually enter into the uh, the section of your book which speaks about communication. And I, I today you also posted this, you know, how Ice Cube uh, said, I do what I do, you like it, great. You don't, go listen to somebody else. I'm sticking with my people who got stuck with me. So... Now, on in your book, you know, you kind of elaborate on this further. You say mm-hmm. that your audience just doesn't just engage with your brand because of the content you produce, because most of the people feel that way. But they connect mm-hmm. because of uh, because you get them and they get you. Would you mind speaking yes. on this? And while you do that, I want to actually play this nice tune uh, just to add a little emphasis. You know how Yeah, I'm going to pause there because I don't want to get copyright struck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, tell me about it. Okay, in no Ice Cube, it, say it like how Ice Cube would say yeah. it. I, I am a huge Ice Cube fan. My first boyfriend actually looked like Ice Cube. I promise you he did. But when Ice Cube said that, it's like, like I said, I do what I do. You like it? Great. And some people think that that's not good enough. You have to go out and you have to create all this excess shit and I and I often use restaurants because restaurants with a, a five-page menu does not make sense because you're trying to please everyone instead of finding that thing that you're good at. But he said, you like it, great. You don't listen to somebody else. You don't have to listen to me. But because we live in a trollish society, people think that they got to hurt you and tear you down and all that kind of stuff because it makes them feel good because they want to, what is the misery loves company kind of deal. But the thing about it is like, I'm sticking with the people who stick with me. A lot of us don't know how to do that. We try and act like, you know what? Okay, well, I got them. I don't have to, I don't have to nurture them anymore. That's why I see a lot of relationships fail. You think once you have someone, you could just take them for granted. And the thing about it is those are the people that you should be truest to. People who have actually spent money with you are the ones that, you know what? I respect I respect them because they respected me enough to pay me. I tell people I don't give discounts to strangers. Bitch, I don't know you like that. 
Why are you asking me for a discount? We don't get down like that. I don't even know if I like you. Why would I offer you a discount? My other brand babies, though, that have paid me something, I don't have a problem with doing that. So rocking with the people that rocked with you first is a thing. Because your like I said, he asked me the question about your audience doesn't just engage, they connect. And because you are the person behind all of the things that come to life through the personal brand that you're building, they have connected. And like I said, when we go back to the boundaries, they only connected with a portion of you. And so to be able to, to rock with that portion of you is everything to them. But if you disregard them and dismiss them, you are fucking with your money. Seriously. And people do not get that because they look at their, their clients or their, their customers as one and done instead of looking at the lifetime value. And a lot of you have within your, in, within your business, you don't have a lifetime value framework. You have something that's kind of one and done because you don't know how to continue to nurture that to bring it back. Now, with, 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 with personal branding, people think, oh, well, we're going to go here. We're going to do the strategic shit. We're going to spend about six months together and we're going to be done. No, because if you plan to grow and scale, so do you need to come back so we can make sure that your staff is on point with the brand that you're building? We need to come back and make sure that you're nurturing everyone in your, because your business has grown. Are you still nurturing the right people? So my, the lifetime value of my clients could be at least a hundred grand. Oh, and I'm not saying all at once. Don't get it twisted. I wish I could, but no, it ain't like that for me. But I can say the lifetime value of a client over say six or seven years could be a hundred thousand dollars because I see how they, and why they need to come back to me for something. So it's, it's, it's understanding that if you want to continue to do this thing, you can't just produce content for the sake of producing content. You have to connect. You have to open your mouth and, and talk about your business. And I'm not saying, oh my God, some folks just get out here and they elevate a pitch all fucking day. And that is not marketing. That is not what that is. But when you decide to connect with your audience, when you want to share something with them that is relevant, then it makes a difference in how they decide that they're going to spend money with you. And Brian, I saw your thing about you wanted, I saw when you, when you, when you shared that. Don't think I didn't, sweetie. I really did. And it's, it's that level of engagement. Brian, Brian, Cass, and nobody else is in here right now. But Brian and Cass, when I do grandma's open house, when I let folks come behind the scenes and hang out with me, I have my cigar and my bourbon and we just shooting the shit. Brian and Cass are there. They've been rocking with me with that for since I started. And it's and mind you, they're not spending money at this point. Cass has done her money thing with me. But trust and believe, if she needs a session, she just pays for a one and done session. But because I continue to nurture the relationship with her, and now she's my friend. She ain't just my client, y'all. She's actually my friend now. I consider her a friend. But even as a friend, she still respects me enough to pay me, and I respect her enough to pay her. I refer clients to her. There's a thing there. Because we have connected. We got past the content stage, and we connected. So if you're sticking with the people that are still rocking with you, that are showing up at Brian Mount's house, I don't care if it's the same 10 people. I know that these 10 people are going to continue to support my business. They're going to continue to say, you know what, go check out grandma. Because we think that we have to have this mass appeal. No, we just need the right appeal to the right people. We need the people who are going to connect with us, which goes back to the boundaries and it goes back to the, to the how you play the game. <clears throat> people want to play like you. They don't necessarily want to be you. 
but they want to play like you. And by that, I mean, they want to be able to succeed on their terms. And if you're able to give them that, then they're going to connect with you. And there's going to come a time where your relationship is a little more, it, it means a little more than just business and dollar signs. And you can get past that, but it's still a matter of respect. Roll me out my money. I'm never going to tell you not to pay me. You're going to pay me something to talk to me at some point. But is you can't allow people to take advantage because if you feel like they are, then you're not connected. You are being taken advantage of. You're being manipulated. You're getting conned. You're getting played. You're doing all the things. But if you have something that is connecting you, you're going to know the difference between that relationship than somebody that just had a transaction. Transactional relationships are very limited. There is no lifetime value there because they're not dedicated to anything other than themselves. And it gets to show up and it gets to hit different. I know people that I paid that I'm going to be one and done with because I just need this bit from you. I don't give a fuck about you on any level, but you have some knowledge that I need. I know who I paid to have be one and done with. But then there are other people that I will rock with from, oh, what you got coming out? I will read your book. I will buy your course. And I don't even like online courses, but damn it, you, you are that fucking good. I want to make sure I get all the goodies from you. Those are people who are rocking with you. And those are the people that you want to continue to nurture. Those are people that you want to continue to have a relationship with that is more intimate than a just a transaction. But because we have taken so many cues from corporate crazy ass motherfuckers out here, we try and copy their framework and it is not for you as an independent business owner. Corporations are about the bottom line. There is no loyalty there. And for a founder to go back and try to figure out what his founder story is, sweetie, your founder story is like, oh, let me feel you, let me get you a little caught up in your feelings so you continue to, to support my business. But the thing about it, unless he's the owner, dude's a CEO, he could be fired just like everybody else. He is not aligned with the brand that he's working for. There is no connection. Now, I may like him as a person, but the brand is not aligned with what it is that this business is trying to build. So taking our cues from corporate crazy is that that's what made me pivot my business. Because one of the things that Cass and I connect a lot on is because we think company cultures can can thrive without being toxic. We think that that you need to have a level of respect for the people that work with you and move away from the people that work for you. Instead of seeing them as a salary liability on your on your profit and loss statement, why don't you see them for the assets that they are? Because they could be your biggest brand supporters, but they will not fucking support you because they just came for the check because your ass is shit. There is no connection, not even internally. So how are you going to make a, a connection externally? A lot of us support the businesses that we support because, you know, it's, it can, it's convenient, it's easy, it's cheap. Starbucks is finding that shit out right now. I gave a Starbucks long ago when the whole Black Lives Matter shit jumped off. I was done with them. I ain't had nothing from them since. But now it's a whole nother issue. I peeped your game way back then. And I'm not, I did not tell anybody not to buy Starbucks. That was my choice. I even sold my stock in Starbucks. I was so done with them. Okay? Because if they did it once, they'll do it again. That's why I don't give people second chances sometimes. And I'm talking about intimate relationships. <laughs> but you get to own these parts. And so when you're when you're out here and you're talking about I'm sticking with the folks who stuck with me, 
sweetheart, these are the people that are going to continue to support you. It's why so many businesses closed during the pandemic. They had no loyalty from the customers or clients that they had, so the clients didn't support them. They could not keep their doors open because, you know what, let me go find somebody else that's open. There was no loyalty there. There was no connection. So they didn't feel any need to keep you open. They felt sorry for you, true enough. But that's your problem. I got to go get my hair did. It's a thing. Mm -hmm. I just, fuck it, I'll just go to McDonald's if I want a burger. Because throughout all of this nonsense, it's a thing. Everybody's up in arms about return to work or return to office. You let people go home and you saw they were more productive, but be, because corporations are losing money on rent, they're trying to, you know what, get your asses back in the office. And because these people have, they own this real estate and now it's over half empty, that is affecting their bottom line. So I don't give a fuck what the founder's story is. The only thing you care about, you know what, stockholders and stakeholders, that's all it is. But you as an independent business owner can change all of this. And as your business grows, whether you grow to a, con a corporation or a conglomerate, the connection will always be there. And it'll be there from the inside out because the people that are rocking with you for a paycheck are not there just for the paycheck. I have a 16-year-old, and I'm going to make this point, and I'm going to move on so Jason can get to his next question. I have a 16-year-old, and I listen to her all the time. And one of the things that these kids are struggling with, if y'all don't know, they're struggling with purpose. They don't see a purpose to shit. Because me, I did the wrong thing. I gave my daughter technology way too early, and she's addicted to it. I will own that. But she also is looking for a purpose in life. And these companies and corporations are not giving purpose to these children. So don't nobody want to go to work. They'd rather be TikTok streamers and be on Twitch and they want to make their money that way. Let me sit in my space by myself and fuck all of y'all. But if you have a connection, then what does that look like? Does that change the dynamic of how we work? I don't give a fuck what AI does. We're all talking about humanizing brands, but then we bring in AI and let them do our shit for us. No. Okay, I'm gonna shut up, Jason, because yeah, it's a whole ass situation out here. That is so they true. connected. That is so true. While you're actually speaking on this, and I want you to, you know, go a bit further on that, I just want to let the audience know who are listening to us. We will be opening up the space for Q and A. So if anybody is interested in coming up on stage and asking a direct question to Phyllis, please raise your hand. I welcome you to come up. I want to say hi to Derek and Thomas, whom I see down in the audience, my good friends and followers. Thank you so much for supporting the show regularly. Welcome back, Rose, uh, Aaliyah, and anybody else who might be interested in coming up, feel free to join the stage. Yeah, and I, I wanted to finish your thought, though, uh, what you were uh, saying about... What were you saying about, you know? What the <laughs> <laughs> I have finished my thought, but uh, the last statement I made was about uh, people talking about humanizing brands, but they're doing it with AI. So where's the humanity in it? Yeah, that where was is my the last humanity point. in it? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And 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 I have a lot of friends, and and my, one of my close friend, he keeps saying that you know now uh, the organizations want you to come back five days to work because of the same thing, you know, because they have these big ass spaces which they have leased out or they have bought, it's empty and they're forcing people to come. And and the thing is, because we were stuck in pandemic for about an year or so, 
because so accustomed to being at home and doing our shit and you know you know what actually i feel it's actually very cost saving like you don't have to worry about traffic you don't have to worry about what clothes you have to wear you don't have to worry about looking good you can just do your thing at home i think it's it's very cost cost effective you know so i understand why people don't want to go back and something which you said about your daughter younger generation they don't have a purpose that's so mm-hmm. true that is so and true and because they never had they never had the dynamic of working in a in a working in any type of company so they've been on their own outside of family they do not know how to connect and i'm talking about my 16 year old daughter and mind you my situation is probably i'm not going to say it's bad but it's different than most because my daughter has been homeschooled since fourth grade but i always tried to make sure she was connected to someone see i knew and i so like when you. we're talking <laughs> I think I excited Aliyah. I'm in the same boat with you. I have a 16-year-old and I spend most of my time talking to my 16-year-old also because he has been homeschooled since second grade. Um and he just graduated this past summer and he's completed with high school. Difficult to encourage um the the communication with outside people because he's gotten accustomed to just being with me. Um, he can speak to people, you know, fine, just just fine. But that, like you said, that embracing others, communicating with others, being humanized, it's kind of is done. Everything is learned on the phone, on Twitch, on every other platform. Like I had a lady doing my hair, and she was like the pronouns, and I was like what's pronouns and i'm like i'm thinking english because i'm like what and what's going on and i'm like texting my son and i was like so what are pronouns and he was like oh my you know the lgbtq created their own terms just for them so that they could feel normal in their own environments you don't have to worry about me i'm okay (laughs) there you go so yeah this this is it's different but to add on to what jason said about the buildings and coming back, I think it kind of goes back to the loss and value of those built office buildings those and properties, real estate. Yeah. If you look at the banker and um, that movie and how he was able to buy the building that the bank sat in, it was due to occupancy rates in those yep. buildings and him studying yep. that and how he devalued the building and got it for you know a fraction of the cost and now they've invested tens of millions of dollars into the real estate for, you know, for that purpose. Um, right now I'm in the financial space as well. And also the things that are coming to pass now is a lot of corporate banks. I mean, corporate loans for real estate are about to go bevy up. So uh, they're not going to, the banks are not going to enforce the loan. There's a clause in the loan that says they can make the loan come due within a 60 day notice. And none of these people have the ability to have that money for the real estate. So they have to force the occupancy to come back. Otherwise they have the ability for the banks to call their loans. Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah. Aria, how about you ask a question as well uh, so that we can begin with... <laughs> Yeah. I was going to say, we're going to bring this back. We're going to bring this back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was just getting into the coming into the office space and they, they just looking at it as, like you said, a loss of revenue. 
when it could be a new uh it could be a new environment they could increase yeah. revenue in a different way absolutely absolutely all right so would would there be anything you like to ask specifically about personal branding earlier you do you have a question related to the topic of conversation anything you like to maybe contribute or ask okay. phyllis directly the, i would say my main question is um i have a brand idea and i've always kind of feared leaning into it because i felt like it didn't align um into my brand but can you lean into like maybe something that you had a negative opinion of and make it part of your brand and and go from that angle as well sweetie you don't think ghetto country is negative do you know how many black folks that pissed off with calling myself ghetto country that i don't that, think it's ne- i guess i don't see it as negative though see, there I are think- people that do and and okay. that is the thing and that this goes back to perception versus versus your actual image so owning ghetto country was a long time. It was my secret shame. And I didn't even call it ghetto country back then, but it was my secret shame because I know regardless of my education, regardless of my knowledge, I sound ghetto and country. Miles raised hood adjacent by a country mama. First boyfriend was a drug dealer. First crush was a gang member. I grew up in that environment. And so the vernacular and the language that I use, and like I said, Jason, I was telling you earlier, I've been studying language and understanding the difference between um, assertive versus aggressive. And I know a lot of people view me as aggressive when actually all I am is assertive. But because I use profanity, they see profanity as a form of aggression. It's not. It's a fucking word, period. So leaning into something that that's truly that you can dedicate yourself to, it does not matter if someone else, as long as you can align it with the with the business brand that you're building, then you get to own it. Some people are going to be pissed off about it. But that is a great thing about brand. You want the pissed off people because they're going to talk about you more than the people that actually like you. They're the ones that spread. They constantly, If you ever notice, all of you guys, the stuff that you see most is the shit people complain about. Kanye. It's the, <laughs> it's the shit people complain about. So if you have people complaining about you, then say thank you to those people because they're the ones that are sharing your shit. It's not the people that actually want to support you. They just come spend a little money with you and they go on about their business. But if somebody has something negative to say about you, I had someone when I was doing Chris Doe, when Chris interviewed me, Chris Doe interviewed me and I was reading some of the comments and one of the women said, black girl, a black woman, I'll call her a woman, said, oh, well, she doesn't represent all black women. Bitch, I never said I did. That is not my game. That is not my job. I even had to take that weight off my daughter because I used to tell her represent well. Because sometimes you're the only black person in a room and everybody will judge every other black person by your presence in the room. So represent well. And I used to say that. But then I'm like, no, I'm not making my daughter carry that weight. You represent yourself the best way you know how. You do not you do not get to carry the weight of the whole fucking black nation on your shoulders as a 16-year-old. And back then, maybe she was 14, 13. That is no longer your job. But you get to represent yourself how you want to be. And for her, my thing that I teach her, it's a matter of respect. And a lot of you, I see you, and I'm not necessarily anyone in this room, but I see you disrespecting your business. And you don't even know what that looks like because you haven't identified the disrespect. But if, you, if you're disrespecting your business, and this is where boundaries comes in again, if you're disrespecting it, then trust and believe somebody else is going to do it as well. 
and you don't recognize it until they do it, but they got it from you. So that's a thing. Could you give an example of like a business showing disrespect to it? Um, it, it's, it's uh, say that again. It's someone showing disrespect to a business or a brand. Well, showing disrespect to their brand or their business. Um, one one level of disrespect is that you don't talk about your shit. You would rather go out and play an influencer to endorse your shit instead of you learning how to do it. Instead of you stepping up and endorsing your business. That's a level of disrespect to your own self. And I'm not saying influencers aren't a thing. I'm not saying they can't spread the word. But if you don't even know how to tell them to spread the word, then you're doing yourself a disservice. They're, you're just hiring them because they have higher numbers than you. But see, they might not be holding your audience. So it's a level of disrespect to go out and think that someone can do a better job of talking about your shit than you can. Thank you. You're welcome, sweetheart. That is incredible. And that was a nice question. Aliyah, thank you so much. Please continue to be on stage. And we will go as per sequence. Uh, Rose, you would be next. Not because you asked me that I would like to go next. Because <laughs> you were already on the stage before. So I would like to hand you over the virtual mic. Please go ahead. Would you like to contribute or would you like to ask a question? Thank you so much, Jason. Um, Phyllis, it's delightful to listen to you as always. Um, I'm uh, particularly struck by what you talked about Starbucks because I'm currently boycotting a bunch of brands that have any hand in what's happening in Gaza, like the genocide that's happening there, including Pepsi, Coca-Cola, McDonald's, Starbucks, Lace, and others. So uh, I think that's really important to um, select brands that align with your values and, you know, understand the hum humanity behind each brand and understand the power of your, you know, the money that you bring to these brands and, and me not wanting to participate in anything those brands are doing right now. Um, is, is a really powerful testament. I also wanted to share something. Um, I This morning I was at a meeting with a bunch of uh, career coaches. It was like a mastermind uh, class workshop. And it's funny because everybody was wearing like suits and I was wearing a cap and like a sweater. <laughs> and so I, I felt kind of out of place, but then it's like, no, I was just being me at that moment. I didn't want to like try to fit in or try to like wear a suit just because like that's what a career coach is supposed to look like, right? So that's I was thinking point. like, how do I, you know, how do I represent myself in a way that also is true to me, but at the same time uh, attracts a kind of client that would resonate with, with my image, you know what I'm saying? So I, I was okay. wondering if you could speak on that. Okay. The thing about how you go out and like I say, if you went out in a ball cap and a sweater and all of that kind of thing, is that how you want to represent yourself? And if, if, if it is, then sweetie, that the thing we talk about with being consistent, then when you're not in that level of uniform, because your clothes eventually become a uniform, your style of dress when you're in work mode becomes your uniform. It doesn't have a name badge on it or anything of that nature. My hats, my hats and my glasses and my hoops are part of my uniform when I'm being the ghetto country grandmother. So who's attracted to that? Different people. 
And it's not usually who you think. You think you're trying to attract same people who want to sit around in sweatpants and, and drink lattes and all that shit. But the thing about it is that the people who are for you, they don't really care about your dress. They recognize you by it. If you want to be recognized by that look that you carry off so well, then that's a thing. But if you, you're just out, you know, I'm just attending this conference. I'm not in, in, in rosy mode versus rose mode. Then it's a thing. And how you, how you attract the people that you want is you have a conversation. It's not your look. It's the conversation. It's the communication. It's the personality that you bring to it. So it's, it, it, it's getting caught up in, I see a lot of people talking about their personal brand and they think their personal brand is more about how they look, about how they dress. When in actuality, if you, like I said, if you have a standard uniform, that's fine. But when you open your mouth, that's where the connection comes from. Because people are going to say, you know what? I need to go talk to her. I think we need to do business together. I get her. It was never about your clothes. It was about the conversation. It was about the communication because you gave them information and they needed more of it. So if you want to attract a certain one, because I know a lot of people are out here chasing down five and six figure or six and seven figure people, because that's who they want to work with. Okay. Do you want to match their style or do you want to bring your own to the game? Because the thing about it, you can still attract seven figures in a cap and a sweater. You let them know I'm checking for you. You know what? I work with seven figure clients all the time and, and how I present myself and how they present themselves. It don't necessarily, you would never think. And so you get to have that you conversation. Would do this? And so people now that because your conversation includes you saying, I work with seven figure people, they understand that. Oh, she gets me. She knows how I ball. She knows how I roll. And so you get to have that conversation with them. It is not about the sweater. It is not about the cap. It is you putting into communication that I work with cook coaches and creatives who have shiny object syndrome that do some crazy ass shit and want to rein it in. It is that level of communication because you're constantly identifying them in some shape, form or fashion that lets them know that you're checking for them. And that's what they care about. But when you try and make the, the audience so fucking broad that they can't find themselves in it, then they don't give a fuck what you're saying or what you look like. All they care is that you cannot help me because you're doing too damn much. Does that answer your question? Yeah, but uh, like I totally hear what you're saying. I'm just I'm just curious how how big of an impact does imaging uh, play a role like um, in in how you project yourself, like how you dress and like because that's the first thing people see. Like even before you're, you're able right. to speak, right? You're even right. People do judge a book by its cover, you know what I mean? They certainly so, do. Yeah, so. And and the thing about it is, do you really care? Because the thing about the, because if I was going out and I was doing a public speaking and I put on my hat and my hoops and all of that kind of stuff, how people perceive me is not my problem. I'm not there for you to, you're going to judge me regardless. As soon as I open my mouth, people hear me cuss and they've already judged me. Oh, she an ignorant ass bitch. They've already judged me. So what I look like is not the problem because they've already made the judgment. I can come in suited and booted with all the bling or the Armani suit or whatever. But as soon as my mouth, the, the perception changes. Give you an example. When I back in my club days, oh yeah, I used to club hard. I was there from sunup to sundown to, to everything. 
And there was a one night when I was at this club and there was this dude standing across on the other side. He looked so fucking delicious. I told my friend I would sop him up with a biscuit. It was everything. He was so good looking. And my friend went over there and she told him to come here. And I started talking to him and I was lusting with all the two eyes that I had. Dude opened his mouth. I put the biscuits back. I washed the plate. I walked off and still, it, it, I was done. I did have no use for him because what he, when he opened his mouth, just totally turned me off. So people are going to make judgments. And the fact that people care more about you making the judgment based on how I look, how much bling I got on, how big is my diamond, sweetie, that for me at this age, not my problem. And if people want to match that kind of energy, then you're basing something on a facade and not based on the message that you're trying to get out into the world. You're not basing it on the fact that you can actually be of service. And if people are willing to judge you by that, then you're already judging your clients by the way they walked in. You're judging them by, you know what, let me see your labels. You want them to have certain labels on in order to understand if they can they can afford you or not. One of my brokest brand babies rolled me out my money every month. And I know baby could not afford me on a regular, but he went and found the money every month to pay me. And so it's not, it, it, who you attract is who you attract. Now, who you say yes to is more important than who you attract. Because you get to determine if I want to work with them or not. I get to say yes or no. As long as you can find the way to pay me, because that is not my problem. Then how you perceive me or how I'm how we're attracted to each other is just the first part of the communication. And just one, one, one last thing I was struck by, uh, you brought up, uh, uh, ice cube, right. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, you know, sticking with the people that rolled with you. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Kanye West got that memo. (laughs) 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 I'm ye. Right. And my drop. <laughs> so, anyways, thank you guys. Really appreciate thank you. it. Thank no you problem, that, and, and by the way, you know, Phyllis, I don't know if you noticed, but you know, Rose recently posted a poll, and I wanted to just bring that to everyone's attention. The post was mm-hmm. very interesting. Uh, it was a poll, and the question was: Are you finding that there are too many people using selfies to grab attention on LinkedIn? Question mark. Agree or disagree? There were sixty-one votes. Out of which 59% agreed to it and 41% disagreed to it. And and Rose also commented saying that there's nothing wrong with using relevant pictures to tell a story. Like you said, Phyllis, right? It has mm-hmm. to make it has to have context. But I follow Making seven women sense. who only post selfies with each post and some men who also use this tactic. I wanted to understand, Rose, what were your findings from the poll which you did? What did you realize after engaging in, in people seeing all those comments? Yeah, I, I, you know, it resonated with a lot of people because it, it's like kind of turning into Instagram over here, like LinkedIn. And, and a lot, like a lot of it is just selfies, just like someone snapping a picture of themselves and putting it with, with the text and it doesn't really match. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, the picture should resonate with the message that you're trying to project and not just like a random picture, you know what I mean? So, because the, then the message would be lost. But the other thing that I realized is that it's, it's a lot of these like 
pretty girls putting on a selfie and it's are are you liking my content for me or for the actual content itself or are you liking it because I'm you know I look pretty in a picture so I, I it's kind of confusing the message of what are you trying to get here are you just trying to get attention or I mean you know the like the message gets lost I, I feel in, in some of these cases because it's like are you liking it because you resonate with the message or you just think, you know, I look good in this picture. So definitely <laughs> this is the what picture. I was trying to yeah. understand from the LinkedIn community by, by this poll. But I, I, if, if somebody is constantly uh, posting uh, selfies with, with every single content, I'm not going to follow those people anymore. I just decided that's not how I want to use the platform. So I like that. And that... It's not that there's anything wrong with selfies, but if you think how cute you look is more important than the content that you provide. Selfies are fine, Phyllis. Don't dance, but I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> just don't do the dance thing. Go ahead, no, man. it's I'm not going to be a dance thing. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing how many people worry more about what's on the outside still, even when it comes to their business. And they want to, is what I call being suited and booted. And mind you, I love a good suited and booted dude. Oh my God, fucking sexy as hell. But I'm if I'm looking for you for, for information and knowledge, I don't care if you got sweatpants and socks on. Let's talk about it. Because I'm all about a great conversation. As long as you ain't sitting in front of me naked, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much for that, Phyllis. Okay, so let's actually move to Matt. Okay, I'm so sorry, Matt. It took us a while for us to. I know he's get... taking forever today, Matt. He's holding me out. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> well, look, I appreciate it. This is my first time in Grandma's house, and I'm loving these biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that five different ways before saying it. But I love anyway, it, Rudy. Come on. I got to ask you a question. So my problem you. is I flex so hard on humility that I've become invisible. And, you know, this is a problem at work. This is going to be a problem in the business that I'm setting up. So how do I let my ego loose if it's not me? Okay. You were brought, can I ask you, were you, were you raised in church? Of course, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. You. <laughs> I don't mind your swearing. That's okay. No, 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 no. That that's not even it. So I was raised in church too. That's why I get the humility part. That's why I asked that question. And, and the other the other part of that too is early in my career, I was very much the opposite way. You know, I was very let me take over the world. Let me tell everybody how great I am. I'm an only child, so it should come naturally. But I think. There's a difference between letting it out and, and being a monster. Yes. Yeah. And mind you, based on uh, uh, that whole humble thing, stay humble. I think humble is I no longer choose to make humble a part of my vocabulary, um, but I can be contrite. I've learned the difference um, because what happens is that people who don't know how to speak up for themselves or people who are offended by you speaking up for yourself would tell you that you're being egotistical. And that's why, one of the reasons why I think ego got such a bad rap. Having an ego is not a bad thing. 
It is when you take it over the top. And like you said, you turn into that monster. But if you're trying to unleash and let go of being humble, sweetie, you got to start opening your fucking mouth, period. And the only way you can do that, and like I said, stop making it about you and make it about the brand or the business. And because a lot of us that talk about the whole imposter syndrome, it's not the imposter syndrome. It's that we don't know how to endorse our business. If you're going to endorse it, then you talk about these things that are relevant. And it, it because you take the focus off of you, especially if you plan to grow and scale. If you're going to stay a business of one, you don't even really need a fucking brand, uh, brand. You just need a personality. But if you plan to grow and scale your business and you know you want this internal community as well as this external community, then you have to develop enough of an ego to say, you know what, we're good at this. But we're so good. Let me tell you about my client. We're so good. Let me tell you the results of this thing. And it's and you do it in such a way that it's conversational. It's not just you talking at them. You're talking with them because you might ask the question, well, what is it that you think we can help with? And what do you think that, that we can do over here? Well, how have you had this problem? How is this struggle a thing for you? And so because you turn it into a conversation instead of a fucking elevator pitch, then it comes off differently and you're not flexing. You're actually interested in how can I help you? Because yes, we do this, this, and this, but how can we do this, this, and this for you? Because we know that all of our clients are not the same. I may offer the same service to everyone, but everyone gets to, it gets to hit them differently. Going through branded university is a thing, but how branded university hits you is something totally separate. I have a client right now that started out, we started out talking about his personal brand. That's, that was supposed to be our journey. But now I've turned into this person. I have to talk to his staff. I'm doing his onboarding process. And I wish Cash was still here because I'm going to have to hire her at some point. But there are certain things that you're going to bring to the game that, you know what, this is about you. How is it that we're going to do this thing? Because I know that you know our services are good, but they're only good if you're successful. And my success is your success or your success is my success. So let's figure out this thing. So the fact that you're taking the ego off of you and putting it onto the brand, which is why I talk about brand ego, when you take it off of you, then it's not about you flexing. This is about you being of service because you are a service-based business. How am I going to be of service? Okay, you want to ask about this particular thing. So it's not, you, you don't have to worry about it anymore. I'm not flexing. If, if you ask me to flex, oh baby, I can flex. But it's not about the flex. It's about how can I be of service? And as long as you keep bringing it back to, okay, you need me to flex for a minute? Because people will try and flex you up anyway. They're going to read your bio. They're going to try out all your awards. They're going to say you have this level of education. You had this person as a client. They're going to flex for you. It's like, okay, now that we got past all the superficial shit, how can I be of service? Because that's what I'm here for. That's what's most important to me. Does that make sense, Matt? Absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much. I think that you gave me a lot of things. I'm writing on these little note cards and I filled <laughs> up like three of them. Um, but no, thank you. Thank you very much. I, I actually have to run to church now. <laughs> I'm <laughs> not even kidding about please. that. <laughs> I'm going I'm to have to say a prayer for your potty mouth. <laughs> uh, yes, you can do that too. You can do that too. Anyway, yeah, I am going to LinkedIn stalk you from now on. So I appreciate your wisdom. 
No problem, Matt. You have a great one. And I'm serious. Say a prayer for me. I take all blessings. I will Mm -hmm. do. And thank you, Jason. Absolutely. Absolutely. Guys who are listening to this conversation, I want to let you know that if you're interested in actually buying Phyllis' book, which we are discussing, uh, you know, please click on the three dots. If you're on your mobile phone, go under event details. You should be able to find links to purchase the book. If you're checking this out on replay, you should have it on the show notes. You can also listen to some of the previous episodes. I think I have queued everything easily. So you can listen to the part one, the part two and the part three to get context. We are trying to do this so that more people can get value from our conversation. Uh, People who can't afford the book, just listen to the podcast. People who can afford to buy the book, buy the book and support Phyllis. And we have something else in store. So Phyllis, uh, we spoke (laughs) about this. I'm just going through the notes. You're going to be coming up with something called as Calm Down, Clap Back and Come Back. It's a three-day workshop. Uh, This is for the people who are willing to spend a little extra. So I think you said it's about uh, $4.99, $3.99. How much is it? Um, I think I said three ninety nine. Three ninety nine yeah. early birds. Okay, would you mind helping our audience understand what they are no gonna problem, get out of it? Go ahead. For you guys that have my book, my my whole framework and process is code camp and play. There's a bit more to it when I actually do one on one one work, but it is code camp and play. Code stands for contemplation, objectives, dedication, and ethics. Finding those things within your personal brand is is where I start with my clients. The next is how you set up camp. This is communication, audience, marketing, and positioning. Because a personal brand needs to have a positioning statement, or not a positioning statement, but needs to have positioning just like their business brand does. The final part is how you play the game. This is personality, language, archetypes, and yarn. Now, if you don't know what a yarn is, a yarn is how you tell a story. It's an old way of telling a story. It's, it's, It's a classic, and I believe in being a classic. So that's what my process is. But what I've done is I've done a remix on these. So we talk about the comeback. I mean, no, we talk about the calm down first because some of us need to calm the fuck down. It's just, it's just a thing. So the way that's remixed is if we're going to calm it down, then we're going to talk about um, we're going to talk about the the contemplation. We're going to talk about the audience, the language, and the messaging, because if those things are not aligned, then there's something missing that that you even if you go through the whole framework, that is not going to work for you. What you contemplated for yourself and for your audience and how you want to connect with them comes across in the language that you use and the message that you put out into the fire, into the environment. So when you calm down and figure those things out, then you, you're able to present yourself different. So then once you calm down, then you can do a clap back. So if we're going to do the clap back, then we're going to communicate with the language that um, that comes through an archetype. I'm sorry. <clears throat> That comes through. A, oh God, I got a tickle in my throat. Yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, we've been but speaking comes a lot. An archetype <laughs> on how you position yourself. So how you position a personal brand. So the clapback is is all about um, it's about communication and the communication language and and the archetypes all help you keep that alignment. And then, like I said, it also solidifies your position within the industry, within the market, within the framework of whatever it is that you're doing. And finally, there's the comeback because some of us. We've been in business for years, but we, we are, we're in the capacity of diminishing returns. We're actually losing. We're working harder and still losing money. So what does the comeback look like? So that is, that is um, it goes back to communication, but it's the content part of communication, the content that you're putting out there. 
And then it's based on the objectives of this content that we're going to do this thing. We're going to market it in such a way that is ethical. So your comeback is communication, objectives, marketing, and being ethical about the, everything that you do. So mixing it up this way is having you look at it differently. It's not everything that is in my framework and in my process, but it's making sure that, you know what, let me get my shit together a little bit or a lot of bit. Cause if you don't have any of these things and your personal brand is just out here swaying in the wind, then yeah, you need to come back. <laughs> you need to calm down, clap back and come back. And so that's what this is going to look like. And Jason was like, what is it? What is it? It is still being built out and it comes with worksheets. It comes with like hot seat coaching and all of these kind of things, because I want people to start looking at their personal brand as the asset that it is. It is not you being the, you being the brand. That is not what I believe, but it is about you showing up to be the best version of the brand that you represent in order to make the money that you want to make. So I have clients that are afraid to raise their prices, even though they should be at the top of the food chain as far as their services are concerned. Sweetie, put a zero on it. If it's $20, then let's make it $200. If it's $200, let's make it $2,000. Because if you if you calm down and figure out what you really want, and not just because it's not just about money, but it all starts with money because we're fucking hungry. We're hungry for, for someone to take notice. But if we get so caught up in, you know what, it's just about the appearance, then we get lost in this shit. So calm down, clap back so you can have a comeback. And especially if you never went out here and figured out how you want your, your personal brand to show up. That That's that's the end of my speech because I ain't finished flushing <laughs> it out, Jason. <laughs> so, and if you guys... Oh, go ahead. I was saying that this is for those individuals who... Have the shiny object syndrome, so please take advantage of it. Like I said, uh, we have things available for people who would be at different stages. So people who just want to get value, uh, who don't want to necessarily invest, can just listen to the podcast episodes, the whole six series, and get value from it. Get context mm -hmm. from it. People who can afford a bit more can buy the book and support Phyllis. And people who want to go a little, a little bit further can opt into this course, the entry early bird pricing for three ninety nine. Now, I just want you to understand, guys, you know, I'm not being profited out of by saying all this stuff. I'm just doing this purely to support Phyllis. And I love what she does. And I truly support her. And I admire her too the fullest so that's why i keep having her on the show back and forth again there's a lot you can learn i learn a lot every day whenever i speak uh, with phyllis so i love her to death and i really admire her i love ice cube too at the same time uh, <laughs> <laughs> so i want to thank each and everybody for listening to this conversation we're gonna have uh, the next episode uh, part five we will get we will dissect and get into the at different levels of communication, which is actual engagement, empathy and understanding, consistency and reliability, empowerment and call to action. And we would also try to understand how to bridge the gap between ego and your audience perception. So we will be deep diving into that next week. Uh, I would highly encourage you to follow uh, Phyllis and also myself. Uh, whenever you follow us, do click on the bell notification so that you get notified about the next week's event. Stuff like that. You know the drill. You know what you have to do. If you if you do like the podcast, uh, do follow my podcast on Spotify or Apple or whichever platform you like. I have all the links listed on the show notes. 
uh, that support would mean a lot. It helps me with my analytics. If you do listen to the episode, please ensure that you're logged in to your favorite app while listening because it does not get registered onto the analytical data. So that means I don't know who you are, where you're listening from, uh, your gender, uh, age group, what kind of topics you like, stuff like that. Those analytics help me to customize and tweak the content which I'm producing on my podcast. So I want to thank you once again. Uh, you know, please have a... A lovely morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you're in the world. Please take care of yourself. And thank you, Phyllis, once again for making this show an awesome episode once again. I got you, sweetie.